This is exactly right. Scotty. Hey, Curdy B. How you doing, buddy? I'm feeling great, actually. Today's a kick-butt day. Do you have one? Do you have a cool one? Oh, yeah. I know you do. I knew it. I could see the Here twinkle we- in your eyes. I knew you had a good one. Here we go. Why have Garfield phones been washing ashore <laughs> in France for 30 years? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Let's find out on a, a Mysterious Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller, Banana I'm Boy. S- oh, number one. I'm not going to ban- say. I'm not saying number one. I can't say number one. You're the you premier say banana. Two. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not calling myself number one. Well, I'm Scotty Landis. Hosting situation. I'm Banana Boy number two. I'm a writer. I'm. I'm behind the scenes. I'm behind the camera. I'm. I'm happy to be the <laughs> navigator to your your piloting. You're up front. You're up front, right? Like uh, I think story wise. You have the best stories. You have a memory yeah. that blows my mind. My memory yeah. is terrible. Your memory is amazing. I'm always impressed by it. Well, you've been Well, that means a lot coming from you cuz you've been a part of a lot of these stories for the last 12 or 15 years and you can you can be my witness. You can say oh, he's yeah. not making this up. Um I no, have my- a vague memory of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. My dad said that to me it's- like when I started to make it a little bit more as a TV writer and as a movie writer, I you know I don't know why I was drawn to that so much, but like four or five years ago, my dad was like, "You were just always able to look at something and then like two years later be like, wasn't that weird?" and describe exactly what happened. So I think I think it's built in. I think somewhere along the line, the the Landis women and the Landis men who came over from somewhere, they might have been good at remembering stories. That's my hunch. <laughs> So this is exciting. Before we get into this Garfield story, which I'm yep. very excited about. Me too. Uh, last night, I go out. There's a package. And it is, a, like, this package has been destroyed. Yes. It is. It's, like, <laughs> ripped open. Okay. It's, like, white on one side. It's, like, brown on the other side. It's, like, Ugh. all fucked up. And I'm, like, what is this? And I get it out. And there's, like, a tube. And uh, then there's, like, a box. Tube. Art. And I get it all out. And I'm reading it. First, it's a tube. So I go into this tube. Who doesn't like a tube scroll. in their yard? Everybody needs a, t- a scroll. Okay. Ooh, a look scroll. at that. Oh, I know what that this is That is, says, uh, to all and sundry, Lord Kurt Brownoller, 
Oh, having yeah. by petition onto us of the 23rd day of the month of November in the year 2020 shown that the said petitioners purchase lands in Scotland and the yes. petitioner having prayed that there may be granted unto them use of such ensigns memorial as may be the lawful property of Highland titles and might be suitable according to the laws of the arms. Yes. Anyway, I'm a lord. I am now a lord. Yes, you are. Scotty bought me land in Scotland. Yes, I did. <laughs> I think, what is it, 10 feet by 10 feet yep. and a tree on it? 100 square feet. I think that's what that is. And they're going to put a I tree am, on it. And I am now, I am now a lord of Lock Arbor, of where, where, where am I? You I really, you own land in Scotland. Now you can go visit. You could set a big picnic blanket out there, and you and your family can sit and have uh, lunch in your land, haggis on your property. You could, you could fight anybody that crosses the property. You should put a fence up. <laughs> <laughs> Just ruin the good spirit of this, yeah. Oh, this is so great. I got two cards. I have two wallet cards. They are plastic. Yeah. This is not cheap. This is not bullshit. Cheap. No. Uh, no. I am a lord of Glencoe and Lock Arbor. Oh, nice. Uh, this is very great. I love this, man. Thank you so much. It's so cool. It came with all this great stuff. We got to go visit when, yeah. when the choir is over. When the great choir is um, over, we will really go cool to Edinburgh. If you guys are listening, it's a really cool thing to get somebody. It's Highland Titles is what it's called. The Lord. everlasting gift of Scottish land. And they're like kind of rewooding this area in Scotland yes. by selling selling titles. That's it's really it. great. You're Lord Kurt Brownholder now. That's cool. I know. You're, you're already so, a minister. You're, you're so good. Lauren, when, when Lauren saw it, Lauren was like, Scotty's love language is gifts. And he is very good at it. And I was like, he really, really is. I oh, feel like I, I'm like, you're just uh-huh. you're great at gift giving, my friend. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. And yeah, that'll we will go find that. Like, there is no oh, doubt yeah. when we go play Edinburgh and, you know, let's do a fringe again. Let's go and let's hike out there and let's plot it out. Yeah. Let's just do bananas every night for 30. Has, they, has anyone ever done that? I don't know if anyone has ever just done a podcast 30 nights in a row. We could do at it. Edinburgh. Yeah. All we right. Here we go. All right. Garfield. Why phone. have Garfield? Yeah. Why have Garfield phones been washing ashore in France for 30 years? The mystery has know. been solved, but environmental advocates aren't celebrating. Oh, this was boy. sent in by Wes Brooks. Thanks, Wes. Thank you, Wes. This is from the Smithsonian Magazine. Highbrow. This is a highbrow. Yeah. Not well, our the usual. wine and cheese crowd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is not our usual dailymirror.co.uk. <laughs> boingo, boingo.net or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that, now that we've gotten, uh, thank you so much to Vulture and to all the Bananimals, the fact that yep. we were named one of the top comedy podcasts of 2020. That's fucking amazing. I'll take it. Um, that's so great. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, but now that we're named that, we only do stories from Smithsonian. We're magazine. very snobby. Uh, this is by uh, Bridget Katz, the best. Oh, she can write. She can write so well. Mm. It started in the 1980s. Bridget Bright Katz is doing fragments. Garfield phones. I mean, come what? on. Bridget Katz is uh, doing the Garfield phone story. Bridget Katz. Oh, very good. Very I mean, good. they know what they're doing at the Smithsonian. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. 
It started in the 1980s. Bright orange fragments of Garfield novelty phones were spotted washing up onto a stretch cool. of coastline in Brittany, France. For the past 30 or so years, locals have been finding coiled phone cords, receivers, and feline heads strewn across the shore. Oh, wow. Beach cleaners would pick them up. Inevitably, the cat phones with their mocking smirks came back. Bridget, I mean, like, there's a reason why you're writing for the Smithsonian magazine. That's right. I love it. Their mocking smirks is a very nice way to say that. So beautiful. Uh, the source of the pollution was a disconcerting mystery. Claire Simone Lemieux, president mm-hmm. of the environmental group Arvitalensu, tells mm-hmm. Megan Flynn of the Washington Post that activists worried the phones were drifting up from a lost shipping container at the bottom of the ocean where the plastic Garfield merchandise could be contaminating the marine ecosystem. After years of speculation, the mystery of the wayward Garfield phone was recently solved. And I will skip all of the rest of this and just tell you what it is. Yeah, what was it? It is a shipping container. It's in a sea cave, and it was like you couldn't get into the sea cave for most of the year, mm-hmm. but on certain very low tides, uh, you could like access the sea cave, and there was cool. like a shipping container jammed up into the corner that had just been vomiting out only... Garfield phones <laughs> for 30 years. Oh, no. I mean, no. it's so funny. It's so... I, I, it's so they dumped it that there. It happened with, no, no, no. It was uh, like it, it was um, a shipwreck. And the shipping oh. container like floated in there, oh. got jammed up in there. And got then at, over the years of getting like punched by the sea, just vomited forth its contents. Pretty cool. Garfield phones. I like that. I mean, it's so, such a weird specific because I mean, like right now, I think if you had a Garfield phone, yeah, I mean, coolest, coolest probably, person you've ever met, you're probably the coolest person you'll ever meet. I agree. I feel like Albertina would love to have a Garfield yes, phone. She would. Who wouldn't? I'm going to, you know, I I'm back on the landline train. I, you know, the kids, all of us that grew up in the '80s and into the everybody that grew up before a cell phone, they cell phone culture is seemingly awesome but it's also really boring landlines were so boring that there was just a great era where all they did was make novelty phones they had football phones swatch made that clear phone that was super cool it was like a thing if you went over and somebody had or the lipstick phone the high heel phone oh god i I remember that i wish the new i don't know who even makes phones uh apple and samsung and nokia and stuff i wish they made this kind of stuff. Garfield phones now, I would totally have, like, I don't understand. I think we lost our creativity. Now it's just like, look at all these amazing things they can do. But we're like, yes, but they look like coasters and they're boring. <laughs> I used to have, in, I think it was early high school, I went to, I would always go to, I would always go to uh, Radio Shack. I would yeah. always get my stuff from Radio Shack, love Radio Shack. And this was a phone that was like, it was like $15 at Radio Shack. It would. <laughs> this is in like 1991, 92. Great year. It would clip to your belt. Nirvana. So it mm-hmm. wasn't cordless. It had a cord, but it was just. It wasn't like a curly cord. It was just <laughs> like a regular cord. Very cool. It would clip to your belt, and that yes. was. A, it was just like a square of plastic with numbers yes. on it. Yes. And then it had a a, head, a jack that came up into a headset with the thing, and I would just clip it on my belt and walk around my room talking. <laughs> that phone as a 12 year old that was fun for you awesome yes awesome i know i 
My dad let me borrow his car right around the time I turned 16. And it is, you get it when you're 16, but now that we're older, I look back, I'm like, it is insane that 16-year-olds are allowed to drive cars that can do 150 miles an hour. So my dad's car had a car phone, a true magnetic car phone, the kind that you had the numbers on the top and you dialed it, and then you had to rip that magnet off like that thing was secure. (laughs) So it had a little car phone antenna. Remember, they were a little spirally antenna. You'd have the yep. radio antenna there. So, you know, I'm hanging out. It's, it's, a, it's a cool parking lot hang like we do when you're from the suburbs. And I thought it'd be just hilarious uh, to take a, a latex glove that I'd gotten from the bike shop I worked in to inflate it with my mouth as big as uh, a beach ball. Maybe bigger. But then all mm-hmm. the fingers are sticking out like a big rooster's oh, yeah. whatever crown. And I tied it to that that uh, that car phone antenna, and I thought it'd be funny just to take off, just to hit the gas and get all my friends laughing and laughing. And boy, did they laugh when I went zero to 60 in a parking lot and just ripped it right off and flew. And then my dad was like, you have to pay for this to get fixed. And I didn't tell him it was from a latex glove, which is so funny and stupid. Um, I mean, that is even the better. That's the... That's the best part. That's the only thing that makes it good. It's like it's not that you broke it. You broke no. it in the funniest way you possibly could. You Howie Mandeled it off the roof. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I was like, this is funny. I'm like, this is going to get these 16 year old girls to have so much outer course with me. It's going to be wild. So the end of this story is is kind of a great like dad moment. I hope you take this with you as your kids get older and you have to punish them accordingly because it's hard to punish a 16 year old. It's tough. Um, tough to punish I- any child. Yeah, you know, you can't throw him down a hill at 16. I was six inches taller than he was. So uh, he, w- I was like, okay, rec- um, some audio shop. I was like, oh, they'll do it for $75. And my dad was like, no, you're going to the Audi dealership. I had to sit there. I think it was like $225. When you're 16, $225, oh. I might as well have just worked five jobs. I might as well have just been selling bone marrow every day to pay for that. And so I sat there, I drove it back, and to this day, like, I will never, like, I, like I'm very aware of uh, drag, <laughs> wind, I'm very aware of, <laughs> I don't try to impress anybody ever anymore. You learned your lesson, you, yeah. <laughs> you learned your lesson about drag, yeah. I, I want you to bring that up with your dad this week. I will, he, uh, he didn't yell, he was just like, no, you're going to the Acura dealership, and then I just sat there like a boob. You know, pre-smartphone, so you just sit there reading Car and Driver magazine cover to cover 95 times. <laughs> oh, Give me man. another one, buddy. Okay. A deer named Carrot found in Ontario with an arrow sticking out of his head. <laughs> so he's alive. I should say he's alive. Uh, this is this was sent in by David uh, Calward or Calward. Thank you, David. I, I guess my first question is, is, did he get the name Carrot because he had an arrow sticking out of his head? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this is from The Guardian, written by the one and only Leland Secco. When in doubt, Leland Secco. Uh, the Canadian winter can be tough for deer. We all know that. As temperatures plummet and food becomes scarce. But Carrot, a white-tailed buck living in northern Ontario, faces an additional challenge. <laughs> he has an arrow sticking out of his head. This photo. Oh, we're going to get some likes and some laughs on this one. Uh, It's been really tough to see, says a wildlife photographer, Lee Ann Carver. 
who named the young animal. I've been phot- uh, photographing animals for years, and there's just something special about Carrot. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what it is, Lee. Uh, he's unlike any deer I've ever met. It could be the giant arrow sticking through this deer's head. <laughs> he's the Steve Martin of deer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Name him Steve. That is so much funnier. We should be in charge of naming injured deer. Now, Carver is trying to share Carrot's plight with as many as she can in the hopes of saving the injured deer. For the last three years, Carrot, who was orphaned as a fawn, has been visiting Carver and her husband in their backyard. He's very gentle and affectionate. I guess he is. But last week, Carver saw, or Carver's husband saw the deer had been injured. When they went out to the backyard, the snowy backyard to investigate it is Canada, uh, she saw a black arrow with a bright green fletching had been impaled through Carrot's head. I mean, this is so mean. It's awful. We're not laughing at injured animals. When you see this photo, you'll understand. Uh, Despite the shocking injury, however, the deer appeared completely unbothered. When he walked over to Carver to sniff her hand, she didn't even see any blood or signs of infection. It was very disturbing to see, but he's still acting like his normal self. Local officials have promised that Carver, to Carver, they won't euthanize the injured deer, but because... uh, Conservation officers and Hunter have also been advised from removing it. So they're just going to not remove it. Yes, because it's probably preventing bleeding and extracting it could reopen the wound in his head and cause infection. Uh, I just want to put my hand out there and grab it. (laughs) And also with a deer, I guess they're kind. They're used to having things come out of their head. Yeah, pointy things. (laughs) They're not going to be. Actually, antler, I'm looking at a picture of it. It's fucking crazy. It is. The antlers kind of protect it from getting yeah. like rustled by tree limbs or anything yeah. like that. So it's not going to kind of get mushed around. Yes. They just need to snip it down. They need to leave it there like yeah, a pier, like an ear gauge or something. Bit. Or like when, the, when you get a yeah. bolt through your nose. Um, but also, I don't even understand how it happened because it's coming in at such an angle. It almost seems like someone shot an arrow just like at the sun yeah and then it like turned and came down and carrot happened to be there oh we used to do that we used to shoot bows and arrows straight up in the air and then run i mean it is absolutely a miracle <laughs> that i'm oh we were a little like oh my god we used to do that all. I, I i hate that but yeah so carrot they're gonna try to tranquilize it <clears throat> and uh sedate him and lop off the top half of the arrow shaft so carrot okay. we're, we're pulling for you buddy we hope you we hope you don't mind. We hope it's just like a getting your ear pierced <laughs> through your whole head. Yeah. Care, uh, we're on your side, pal. We Jesus. are on your side. Have you ever been hunting? Like ac- deer hunting or no. actual hunting? No, don't. It's- no, I once went out like when I was, I don't know, like 14 or so, and I went with my brother-in-law to like a field in Michigan. Sure. And we shot like shotguns at cans of soda do you know what yeah. i mean like shake up a can of soda and throw it in the air and shoot that's a fun at it. and i was like oh, okay sure uh but no never never went hunting never yeah never I understood don't. like because also the whole like, like i can totally like respect hunters um but when i'm in the woods like just chilling out like the yes. last thing i would want to do is be like now what could i kill around here <laughs> like, yeah sit around the fire and maybe have a drink yeah, Maybe how can I one make of my yearly cigarettes? <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> danger mouse! Uh, yeah, like let me just take this tranquil, peaceful environment and blast off the loudest uh, gut wrenching, <laughs> ear blasting sound to just startle not just the deer, 
but maybe thousands of birds and mammals. I don't like uh, hunting. I I used to get invited to hunting a lot more. I felt like it would, maybe it was more of a. I don't know. Growing up, I think it was sort of like prove your manliness, and I've never killed a deer. I've never shot any animal. Uh, shot a pheasant once in Nebraska. I think I talked about that a long time ago on the pod. But one time I was in Georgia at a at a farm, and it was this guy had a few hundred acres, Uncle Kevin. Uh, he called everybody Scab. He would be like, what's up, Scab? Great. He called joints hog legs, which I still to this day, you'd be like, pass me that hog leg. It was so good. That's so, so weird. So he's like, uh, he has all these feeders. He, he planted clovers, and then he had all these automatic feeders for turkey and deer. And for the first four or five days down there, it was just like, you know, the feeders would spin and deer would come out and eat the clover and there's cl- huge. And I was like, so you just feed these deer? He goes, oh, yeah, I feed them. He's like, I feed them all the time. Uh, and then once a year, I shoot them. And I'm like, once a year? He goes, yeah, we just go hunt once a year. So for 364 days, these deer are living on 120, 40 acres of paradise. <laughs> and then one day a year, it's like, surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> and they just, <laughs> it's awful. That's uh, so crazy. That's just like, come live in my house. You can stay here for as long as you want. And yes. then one day a year, I'm going to try and kill you. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's the purge. The it's deer the purge. live in the purge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the worst. No, I'm not, uh, you know, people think, I don't know. There's so many deer out there. The one time he took me on that farm, they dropped, we rode a couple gators and four wheelers out. And then he would drop everybody what they thought was a safe distance. And you, you climb up in a deer stand by yourself and then they leave you. And they were like, we'll come back and get you in like, I don't know, three hours, four hours. And so I'm sitting there um, in camo, but with like an orange hat and all that. And I have a shotgun and uh, I have a flask. They tucked a little Jack Daniels flask in my... So I'm just sipping whiskey sitting there. And and then I just was like, I'm not going to shoot anything. But I would hear gunshots going off. So just to fit in, I would just... (laughs) randomly shoot my gun in here every now and then be like <laughs> i mean what how a, old were you uh 20 probably 20 probably 20 years old just sitting there sipping whiskey sitting i don't know 15 feet up in the air b- freezing and then just every 45 minutes or so just like all right boom and then <laughs> i was like missed it again Ugh, the worst the worst. Didn't you write a movie? You wrote a movie about a, a kid, like a kid falling out of a of a hunting stand. The yeah, feral child one. Yeah, right? I wrote a movie called Feral a long time ago that has never gotten made. I want it to be a Sci Fi Channel movie. I love Sci Fi. Oh. I love. I love all those movies. I mean, Sharknado's <clears throat> the most popular one, but I actually think that that's kind of like uh, whatever beyond the tipping point. Or it's like too. It's cliche. But there was an yeah. era where it would be like Bigfoot Island, and it's just like 500 Bigfoot live on one island. It was just always the best shit. But I did write one about a feral child, and I hope one day I get to make it. But yeah, there's a really scary scene where a feral, a boy who's raised feral, climbs up a stand. And uh, the funniest part is the guy that's supposed to shoot him that dies in that scene in my script. This was in, uh, God, probably 2003 or so. I wrote, think Justin Timberlake. <laughs> what a get. What a get in 2003. A hunter that gets killed by a boy. I love that. Yeah, there is something about those, the movies, the, the movies that you're talking about. The, the self-awareness ruins it. Like the yes. Sharknado, I feel like, is ruined. In the same way, a lot of Bananimals sent us this, so many. this Lifetime movie 
with Mario Lopez playing. It's a Kentucky Fried Chicken Lifetime movie with yeah, Mario Colonel Lopez Sanders, playing yeah. the Colonel Sanders. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, yeah, it kind of ruins it. The self awareness ruins it. I think. I it's, agree. It's better when there's like when there's there's a writer who's like, this is if I can sneak this under the radar, this is gonna be fucking crazy. And then the people above don't aren't aware of it. That's when it's still good. Yes. Um. But when it's like a brand, yeah. When they it was like Grumpy Cat's Christmas, which is fine. Like I get, I I understand the audience for it. But yeah, the, when yeah. it's post irony, and that's post irony yes. is it's our fault. We're the generation that yes. was so ironic that now we're post irony. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's it's not exactly our cup of tea. Is probably a polite no. way to say. All right, it. Not, you ready for this? Tease uh, me. Give you this, and then we'll go. We'll go to. Uh, we'll go to break i'm having fun mysterious booming sound from a new jersey town <laughs> turns out to be some dude blasting clouds out of the sky with a <laughs> cannon to prevent bad weather <laughs> why and why not Ugh. This is important. This is something yes. we need to talk about. I can't believe we didn't talk about it at the beginning of the film. It's okay. We've got Bananas Live. Bananas Spectacular. Yes. February 6th. Yes. 6 p.m. Pacific. I'll be 9 there. 9 p.m. Eastern. Great. It's a Saturday. Me and Scotty live coming to your house. We're streaming it live. It's yep. going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be the best. We're going to do we're going to do it up. Scotty and we're you guys can control everything we do. Yes. <laughs> Whatever you want us to wear, what do you want us to drink? We're going to give you options on Instagram and our Instagram stories probably a week or more beforehand and we are going to do what we do now. Live in the comfort of your bathtub, your car parked in your garage, your treehouse, wherever you want to watch us, you can watch us. It's the banana. It's the banana. It's the banana spectacular 2021. And uh, we'll be able to see the chat. We'll be able to chat with you during the show. We're also going to have uh, pre-show Q and A if you want to tell us stories. We also have a, a Zoom after party hangs we can all have some drinks together yeah, it's gonna uh, be really fun it's gonna be great go to bananaslive.com for tickets that's bananaslive.com for tickets i can't believe all we right. got bananas live you would think that was like a porn site or you'd think that was something it's else crazy. already yeah but we got it baby yeah. the banana boys are back yeah shout out to jake and sam and hold the phone who Thank pulled that off okay um all what right what was so your this story one, Oh, I remember the booming sound. <laughs> yeah, 
This story is sent in by Rebecca Ramp. Thank you, Rebecca. Love you, Rebecca. Uh, this is unfortunately um, from Barstool Sports, but I look. Boo! Um, I have yeah, and I don't even want to read it because it's written so broy that I hate it. Give us um, the gist, baby. Anyway. And just to remind you what this title is, it's fucking amazing. Mysterious booming sound from a New Jersey town turns out to be some dude blasting clouds out of the sky with a cannon to prevent bad weather. This is written by <laughs> Hubs. Oh, man. Let's, just I'm do clicking it. on Hubs because I want to see his picture. Just go for I it, dude. I think he's got a few buttons unbuttoned. He's this. Oh, no. He, he looks fine. Okay. Uh, just I say just, just read what you want to read. We Bananas know that we are not a... Bro dude butthole, so we're good. Yeah. The mysterious booming sound that's been rocking New, New Jersey town is apparently a result of a homemade hail cannon designed by a <laughs> vineyard owner to protect his crop from bad weather, he okay. and the police told the Post. Rob Butkowski, thank you, Rob, for having that name. You did of it, Of Hammontown. I love it. All the names here. Butkowski but in Hammontown. Yeah. <laughs> said he's been firing off the sonically loud cone-shaped contraption, uh-huh. which blasts shock waves up to the sky to break up cloud formation and scare away birds that nibble his grapes. Oh, man. For weeks, he's been firing off the thunderous shock waves, oh, no. which travel 30,000 feet in a 1.5-mile radius above his five-acre plot, he said. Oh, God. Uh, so this is... Uh, and the video is amazing. I'll put it on. It is legitimately a homemade cannon. Okay. It, is, it, it doesn't shoot a projectile. Um, it uses acetylene gas and, and <laughs> to make a shockwave. Um, it is 16 feet long. It's just made out of like pieces of metal that he's welded together. Yes. Uh, and like the the you know the exit point is huge. Yes. And it is incredibly loud. And so I was like, this is, first off, who the, f- I'm, I'm from New Jersey. Yes, you are. No one is making wine in New Jersey. No yeah. one, there's no, this is the only vineyard I've ever heard of in New Jersey. There's yeah, no that's very New bizarre. Jersey wine. No. This is not a thing. This is a fucking crazy person. Uh, I wonder if it's like down south or something. I can't even imagine where he's got a vineyard. Also, his vineyard, I'm seeing a picture of it. It's like. It looks like Jersey. Like literally, there's a his neighbor's house is like right there. It's like oh, right delicious, there delicious. Oh, what's the note? What are the notes in that big red? <laughs> it's so I looked it up and I was like, hail cannons. Like, what is this for real? And so apparently, a lot of vineyard owners use them. Okay, um, because apparently, you know, they're cheaper than getting quote unquote hail insurance. Yeah, and so what they're supposed to do is shoot a, a sound shockwave up and break up the formation of hail into, like, hopefully, like, wet wet snow. Oh, um, who doesn't love a good wet snow every now and then? <laughs> Which is so weird. And there is, and the best part about all of it is, is there is zero scientific proof that this yes. works. Yes, And it's, like, widely known to just not work. It's just, and, the, and when a storm comes in, you have to set it off every 10 seconds. <laughs> Oh. For the entirety of when the storm is fun, there. the most densely packed state, the most densely populated state in the United States is New Jersey. So this guy's just yeah. r- ripping booms, baby. And they're like, they like break the sound barrier. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's incredibly loud, and That's they weird. say that there's nothing 
anyone can do about it um, because it's not illegal. The only thing that would be illegal is if he did it after 10 p.m. and he's he, he's never done it after. Guy 8 follows the rules. This guy bends the he, rules. He's a wild card. <laughs> But I love this. This idea has like it persisted for hundreds of years that shooting a cannon into clouds can stop hail. Yeah. Also, it doesn't hail in New Jersey very often. I can't even remember the last time it hailed in New Jersey. That's a that is a weird. I mean, it just sounds like this guy was. We're all very bored during the Great Choir. A lot of us have yeah, picked up new yep, hobbies. Yep. This feels like I need to get out of my house. I have scrap metal around. Uh, my vineyard is not doing so great. So I'm just going to start <laughs> firing an air cannon. God, my friend Van it, used to fart in an air cannon and shoot it at his kids' faces. <laughs> wait, 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 what? There's a toy thing. <laughs> there are these colored tubes, and there's a like a nylon. There's a elastic with a bead on the back, and then it's a plastic thing on the back. So if you almost imagine like a snare drum that goes reverse yeah. down to like a reverse megaphone, and you can pull it back and shoot, and it shoots a disc of air. If you blow smoke in it, it'll it's fun. They're like you can buy them on anywhere. There, it's like a toy. And so you feel like you feel the air hit you. Your your hair blows back. Like you can, oh, wow. you could knock over a house of cards from across the room if you wanted to. And when he had like a five-year-old and a three-year-old, he would fart into it across the room, and then his kids <laughs> would be watching uh, bananas in pajamas, uh, and he would shoot them in the face with a fart from across the room. And you would just, oh, it's so cruel, <laughs> it's so so cruel. But he did it. Ugh. He I also love it. the idea that this guy is like, oh man, my vineyard's not doing too well. It couldn't possibly be that I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> right. Even though it's because of hail, I need to build a cannon. That's the, that's a cannon that just says shoot me out of New Jersey. It's the Garden State, man. I think it's number 2 for blueberries. It's number 1 for something that cranberries? Like, yeah. Number 1 for cranberries. See? The tomatoes in Jersey and the corn in Jersey. I have not. I just recently had some tomatoes on the West Coast that came that approached the brilliance. Of, mm. a, of a New Jersey tomato, mm. Um, mm. but usually don't have them at all. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a ton of NJ wine. <laughs> I don't know the difference between wines. I would you, you could give it to me every time I go to a vineyard or like a, a, a winery or a wedding that's at a <clears throat> vineyard, and it's always wine, and they give you the full taste and the rundown. You know, I I start jokingly like we all do, where I'll just say like, yeah, you know, tastes tastes like wine. It's really good. Oh, it's nice. And I'll always buy a bottle just to kind of be left alone. But I have no idea, man. I've had so many types of wine, and you like you used to like cold like Gruner. You used to drink Gruner, right? Gruner Veltliner, yeah, yeah. I I always liked that. I always thought that. Yeah, it's I mean, real clean. There are probably people that are I, rolling their eyes and being like, but we're but we used to drink cold Gruner, and I always thought that was very good. I remember when I when I proposed to Lauren. Oh, this is so funny. I've never told this story. Yes. I, so I proposed Exclusive. to Lauren, my wife, on a hot air balloon because <laughs> she, for for like four years that we had been dating or whatever, whenever uh -huh. I said I have a surprise for you, she would always say, "Oh, is it a hot air balloon ride?" And I oh, and I was always like, no, it's not. It's not as cool as that. That's and a fun. Me, that's a, a fun inside joke. Sounds, yeah, to me, a hot air balloon yeah. ride sounds fucking awesome. Me too. And I had no idea that 
she was fucking with me. Like that was the last thing oh boy. she ever wanted in her life was a Not hot good. air balloon ride. Yes. So then <laughs> I like I blindfold her and I drive always, her. Always always a good start to a proposal, by the way. Blindfolding <laughs> your partner is always like I thought this out. She's gonna love it. And this. we we drive south. We drive south and I I want to remember the name of the area. I'm literally looking up on my phone what this in California place is called. Where were you? Yeah, it was. It's South Temecula. Temecula. Yeah, that's and that's because like Temecula is like a big. Yeah. it's in like this kind of like ancient volcano like Hell valley. Yeah. So that there's very no wind. There's very little wind. So they do a ton of hot air ballooning there, I and it's it. also vineyards. So it's vineyards, hot air ballooning. I'm like, this is perfect. We'll go. What could go this, wrong? Like, I got this romantic uh, hotel room. Uh, and we'll stay for two nights. I'll drive her out at night, blindfolded. And we mm. wake up in the morning. Boom! We're gonna go hot air balloon. We get to the hotel. We get to the hotel that night, and 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 she's like, "Well, what are we doing here?" I'm like, "It's all a surprise." And then we're oh, <laughs> walking boy. along. Oh boy! Walking along the hallway to our room, uh-huh. and the only photograph on oh. the wall is just one thousand photos of hot air <laughs> ballooning. <laughs> And she's like, we're not going hot air ballooning, are we? I'm like, no, not at all. But we do have to wake up tomorrow at 5 a.m. So we should get to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have, let's make love quickly. Let's drink some wine and go to bed. Yeah, exactly. We wake up at 5 a.m. And uh, we go out and then we get into this. But by the time I'm like, yes, we are going hot air ballooning. We get picked up by a van of like hot air balloon. And I paid extra. So it was just us, just the two of us in a basket. The guy knows that I'm going to propose. He's got like champagne and everything ready. Okay. And uh, and she sees it. Like when she sees it, as the sun's coming up and they're like inflating Uh the balloon. She's just like quiet. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I was expecting a little more excitement. Maybe a big hug Uh, even. Maybe a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. No, oh, she's just like a little, uh, like just oh, boy. you know, she's just precarious about everything. <laughs> oh, no. uh, and then like it gets inflated, and then we oh, get in, and no. because I had like paid extra for the own for like just her and I to be in to there, be with lonely. The uh-huh. A private flight. It was like the basket ended, like like at my mid thigh. Do you know what I mean? It was like because it oh. would swoop down. So the so the corners oh. were maybe like around chest, but then it would swoop down so low it would be like oh. my mid thigh. Like if I just Scary. like leaned forward, I'd just go out. Yep. Yeah. So it Oopsie was Daisy. Bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs> so we take off. So the guy tells us that we have to hold on and like flex our knees. Um, okay. Like that's crash position. No good. Um, <laughs> and so she Lauren grabs on and is like flexing her knees like in a squat. Oh yeah. And is shitting her pants for an hour because you just don't like it doesn't it's how it has to go for like however long it goes for it you know what i mean it's not like there's a you nobody flies a hot air balloon and they They go straight up so fast like uh, i've been you and i went on one and we uh you you go they don't even say ready they pull the thing you hear the (laughs) uh jet engine above you (laughs) blasting it's so loud And it's so hot. Like, for a tall person, it's yes. so hot on your hair. Yes, it is. You feel like you just got, like, uh, you're getting a George Costanza haircut when you're on that thing. You're like, well, I don't have hair on my head anymore. But then you go zero to 200 feet or, thou- you know, in 10 seconds. Like, you just, yeah, I know it sounds really stupid. Intense. You don't realize how fast hot air balloons rise until you're in one, and they cut that engine, and you just go up, and you're like, how high are we? You know, you do that, like... 
I'm not afraid, but I'm absolutely terrified. Anyways, back to yours. But it goes so fast. It rises way it faster so than fast. you think it does. And when you and I did it, we were taking a chicken with us. And so I had a chicken in my arms the whole time. So the, when Scotty and I did it, it was for a pilot. And we wanted to give a penguin. Uh, we wanted to give a flightless bird the gift of flight by bringing a penguin and a blimp. And we couldn't get a penguin or a blimp, but we could get a chicken and a hot air balloon. There you go. So the whole time, I'm holding a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> In my arms, and the chicken is like just as scared as Lauren was. Yeah, that's a good segue back to it. It, Yes, Lauren is like she's just petrified, and and I keep trying to rub her back and trying to get her to turn around so I can be like, "Will you marry me?" Oh, (laughs) I didn't know that. She refuses to turn around. She just is staring at he like because the guy said because also you're not alone. It's like you wrote this romantic trip within a weirdo <laughs> whose like whole thing is that he pilots hot air balloons like that's his passion. So he's not he doesn't have like a normal sense of like social social grace. You know yeah. he's anxious as well. Yeah. He I mean balloons are his main thing. You know? Yeah, he's certainly and divorced. So, she <laughs> probably she's times. so nervous. She I can't ask her to marry me in no. the balloon. No, I have to wait for it to land, and then I I ask her, and she's just very happy to not be dead. So she's yeah. overwhelmed. But anyway, whole point of this is so. Then for the rest of the day, we go uh, wine wine tasting, and after a, a an hour of wine yes. tasting, you're drunk. You know, yes. that's right. You're straight it's up the best drunk. Part. Yeah. And, it's the best part. It's the whole reason you do it. Yeah, exactly. And then we are tasting, we are tasting these wines and being like, "This is amazing." Yes. Yes, we'll take that bottle. Yes. Yes, we'll take. So we bought two bottles. I think each were twenty five dollars. Brought them home, and then about six months later, we're like, "Special night. Time to pop open this bottle of wine." And it was, <laughs> if you had taken grape juice yes. and then poured ethyl alcohol into oh, it, yum. <laughs> that is what, it was so sweet and awful and terrible. It was the worst wine I've ever tasted. Yes. Both bottles. We were just so drunk by that point. We're just like drinking grape juice being like, is it $25 for that <laughs> bottle of fucking raisins in a yes. in a garbage bag hidden behind yes. a toilet for six months? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and $25 is the exact amount you pay when you want to be like, we're not getting the $11 bottle. We are not going to pay for the $100 bottle. We're going to get that <laughs> we know what we're doing $25 bottle of wine, which I feel like everybody brings to every dinner party. It's like... Yes, we know this isn't cupcake, but this is one step above it. Um, I don't bring a so twenty-five dollar bottle of wine. I tap out around fourteen bucks. I don't know anybody that drinks wine anymore. Wine. Everybody we know drinks vodka. Uh, when you moved to LA, you I just, just drink vodka. So during the quar, during the quar, I started drinking wine again because it allows you to start drinking earlier. Do you know what uh, I mean? Like if I have a vodka act. drink at right. like four p.m. Yeah, I'm like, oh no, there's a problem here. But if I have a glass of wine at 4 p.m., that seems very classy. That's just you're uh, you're going to write the great American novel some point in the next five years. You're just gear. You're just greasing those gears. You're le- you're saying <laughs> today's over. Also, the sun is still setting at 4:30 every day. So why not get yeah. into it? Light a uh, candle, light a Yankee candle, and pour yourself some peanut <laughs> a water. little Midwestern woman sitting on your toilet tank. Yankee candle. <laughs> 
<laughs> smells like diabetes. Uh, you want one, Kurt? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Matt Smith sent us this from Aberdeen, Scotland. Huge bananimal. Matt Smith, I bet you didn't know you were going to shout out. Thank you, Matt. Uh, we'll see you at Kurt's uh, 100 square feet of land in the Highlands somewhere. Glencoe and Lock Harbor. There we go. Lovesick man, jet skis across Irish Sea to visit Gal Pal. Hell so, yeah. Hell yeah. This is a jet ski love story. It's truly bananas. It was written by Bridget Reed or Bridget Red from The Cut. I like The Cut. I've been reading The Cut a little I bit like lately. I like The Cut. A modern day Shakespearean saga of star-crossed lovers. Oh, also, this one is one of my favorite kinds. It gets sillier as you go. So hold on to your booties. Separated by the rugged terrain and rule of law, um, Dale McLaughlin, who has been dubbed the Romeo Roofer, took an illicit 25-mile trip across the Irish Sea from Scotland to the Isle of Man to see his girlfriend, completing the entire trip on a jet ski. He has now been thrown in jail. They arrested him. Yeah, across open ocean this time of year? Dude. Okay, Dude. go ahead. We'll Dude. talk. Yeah, talk. no, we got we got jet ski stories for a lifetime. Uh so he goes to see his girlfriend, he completes the journey, and he, and he has now been thrown in jail. As they say, the course of true love never did run smooth, especially not when you're riding along a personal watercraft in violation of a pandemic regulations. McLaughlin <laughs> A self-employed roofer from Scotland allegedly met his beloved Jessica while working temporarily on the Isle of Man. It's located between England and Northern Ireland. If anybody can picture that, I know exactly where they're talking about. I would like to go sometime. The Isle has strict COVID-19 regulations, uh, and the travel has been prohibited, but McLaughlin wanted permission to return. Not to be kept from his sweetheart, he devised an ill-advised plan: buy a jet ski. <laughs> so he did. He bought one. <laughs> yes, and ride oh, it over to her. So I last Friday, this and this is last Friday. This just happened. McLaughlin saved up and bought his noble steed, <laughs> riding it in December <laughs> temperatures over four and a half hours from Scotland to the Isle of Man. Once there. He walked 15 miles to the capital of the island. Jessica. Who is Jessica? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Woo. She must be quite a looker. Um, Did he, also, what I like about it, too, is that he must have, I mean, like, that's so cool, too, that he must have had, like, clothes stuffed in, like, the, the trunk of yeah, the, the jet ski. or whatever, yeah. Right? And then he probably just pulled it up on the shore and like stuffed it under some leaves. <laughs> that's our that's our boy McLaughlin. So so Jessica had no idea this journey was happening and assumed he was only there for work. They had a night out, meeting up at a bar where they first locked eyes, very romantic, and then to a place called Bordellos. Sounds sultry. And then McLaughlin was arrested the next day for breaching the island's COVID-19 policies. <laughs> but what a night. He will be in jail. This is ridiculous. For four weeks. Oh, so, what? Four weeks. Uh, several oh details. Oh, my God. Get yeah. him out. Get him get, out. Yeah. We need Jet to ski get. free. Yes. Dale McLaughlin. I mean, a week. 
I get it. It's COVID. It's dangerous. We can't spread this stuff. A day. Three a- days. A slap on the wrist and a fine. I want to get like 10 jet skis yes. and then like tie tie chains around the bars of that prison and then jet ski all of us and yank the prison, <laughs> yank oh, them out. Do you know what I mean? A jailbreak. Like a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, jailbreak him with a jet ski. That's so funny. That's a, remember Max Silvestria, that joke, tonight there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. Thin Lizzy has that song. Tonight there's going to yeah. be a jailbreak. And then somewhere in this town he goes, I bet it's the jail. <laughs> That's where the jailbreak's <laughs> going to be. <laughs> Max Silvestri, very funny comedian. Sorry to He really say has joke, a lot Max. of good good jokes that stick in my head. Yeah. The jailbreak? Um, Probably at the jail. So that's the craziest part. Open ocean jet skiing is I mean, like we so when we jet skied yeah. from Chicago to New Orleans. Yes. Uh the end we did we got off the Mississippi River because you have at a certain point there's nowhere to gas up. True. It's not meant for commercial <laughs> For fun. It's not work. When, it's not for fun. Yeah. Recreation. We took the Kentucky River down Tom Bigby, yeah, the Tennessee Causeway, Tom. Mm-hmm. down into Mississippi. That was and brutal. then went across just a small, small, the smallest little sliver. Say three or four hours. The Gulf of Mexico. Yes. And that just that that was maybe like what two hours? Do you yeah, about this. So, yeah, two or three hours. It was the only day I took Dramamine, and Dramamine made me feel sicker. I didn't feel seasick at all until I took Dramamine, but that was choppy. It was, I was so happy. That was the only time that I was happy that I had, like, trained to ride yeah. the jet ski, you know? Like, I, yeah. I, like, I've been working out for, I think, three months leading up to the trip. You looked I didn't good. Really not know what to expect. Yes. <laughs> you were poured uh, into that tuxedo wetsuit. <laughs> so good. But it was just chop for three hours. Yes. And so it's essentially that you're, like, doing squats for three hours Ugh. on that jet no ski. No bueno. No, sir. And for three hours, that's rough. Four and a half. I mean, you know, hopefully he had a little bit of uh, cover. You are so good at the segue because get ready. Here are the details that I love the most. Oh, yes. Several details have since emerged that makes this amorous feat even more astonishing. McLaughlin had never ridden a jet ski before. (laughs) (laughs) McLaughlin apparently thought the trip would only last 40 minutes. (laughs) McLaughlin had only 10 minutes of fuel left before the jet ski (gasps) arrived at his destination. Oh, my God. And McLaughlin, quotes uh, a family source, is a nice lad, but the craziest thing is he cannot swim. R. <laughs> Dude, I love this man. This is Dale so McLaughlin. <laughs> Banana bought. of the week. Banana of the week. Banana, so, like, Banana of the year, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it to him for 2020. This is the banana of the fucking year. I love the, I love the purchase of a jet ski when you buy a jet swim. ski. Never ridden one before. <laughs> Thinks it's going to take 40 minutes, takes four and a half hours. <laughs> 10 minutes of fuel left, cannot swim, walks 15 miles after landing. Jessica. I hope Jessica married. I hope these guys get married. Oh, they. Ha- I mean, she doesn't have a choice. This is like one of those things where even if it was the end of The Bachelor, when, when he asked you, Jessica, you have to say yes. Even if you're not all, just say yes. This guy, this is <laughs> modern love. This is modern this romance is modern in the age of the choir. 
Oh, my gosh. I love him so much. You ready for another one? Buddy boy, hit me up. This might be our last one. Okay. All righty. So there's a lot of people sent this in. A lot of people sent this in. I think we just got to talk about it because it is so specifically weird. Okay. Um, This is from news.artnet. Impersonating a property owner, Uh a man paid an artist to paint a cookie monster mural in Peoria. Uh, The town and the internet have questions. Yes. Yes. So... Nate Compte, owner of a commercial building at 1301 Northeast Adams in Peoria, Illinois, okay. was none too pleased to show up there shortly after Thanksgiving to find a giant cookie monster mural on the side of the place, stretching <laughs> okay. about 30 feet long and mm-hmm. 16 feet high. He called up local artist Joshua Hawkins, who had, with the help of some friends, painted the mural over the holiday weekend. Okay. Quote, are you the one that painted my fucking building? <laughs> oh, boy. In Hawkins' recollection... Compte had gotten the artist's number from business cards he handed out to passers-by during the project. Hawkins was shocked. As far as he knew, it was Compte who had commissioned the mural in the first place. Uh, So, the artist wasn't too suspicious when he was approached last month by a man who identified himself as Nate Compte and offered to pay him to paint a mural at number 1301. He said he remembered me from an art show a year or two ago. That's where I first met him, Hawkins told Artnet News. Okay. I didn't think much of it. He said we had talked about getting a mural done on a building of his downtown. Maybe Hawkins should have asked more questions, he thinks yeah. now. Why did Compte, quote, Compte, need the mural painted so quickly? Why over <laughs> Thanksgiving weekend? And why was he offering so much money? Hawkins wow. declines to name the finger, but says awesome. it was a good amount well worth my time and effort. I guess so. The fake Compte sent Hawkins an image of the mural he wanted painted, according to the correspondence reviewed by Artnet News. This is okay. the craziest part. Yes. That this was not, I always assume this is the artist's vision, because it, it, just to describe it to everybody, it is Cookie Monster with googly eyes. Yes. It's in, a, it's in like an old Soviet movie poster style. Right. He's holding a cookie that's shooting a rainbow out of it. Gorgeous. And then in Russian, in Russian across the bottom, uh-huh. it says, uh, wait, what does it say? Me I, I'll tell cookie. you what it says. Peace, land, and cookies in Russian. I love it. Um, so anyway, from a certain point of view, it was, this back to the article, it was anodyne enough, Cookie Monster, the familiar blue Muppet of Sesame Street fans. Love Cookie holds Monster. Holds aloft the beloved eponymous bank good, which shoots forth a rainbow beam below the text of some, what I said. The composition recalls the drama and bombast of Soviet-style propaganda art, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then back to the artist. Quote, it was a bit of a weird image, but some of my paintings are kind of weird, so maybe sure. that's how it, I captured his eye, Hawkins it's said. It's art, baby. Um he figured maybe Compte was getting ready to open a bakery in the building or something. Right. Uh, so then the, here's the best. This is the, the details get so weird. Good. The fake landlord met Hawkins in person the day after Thanksgiving, supplying the paint and half the promised fee. Okay. They met again a couple of days later for lunch when the job was mostly done. Hawkins showed him photographs. The patron seemed happy. He sent Hawkins the rest of the money. But when Hawkins invited him down to see the final result, his client didn't answer the phone. Hawkins called again, no answers. Hawkins cool. emailed again, no answer. And Great. that's the last I've heard of him, he said. Uh, two days later, Hawkins got a call from the real Compte, and that Compte was not happy. Quote, what the hell are you painting this weird-ass shit on my wall for, he demanded. <laughs> 
So I explained, but he said, I never hired you, and I own this damn building. I don't believe a word of your fucking lies, and he hung up on me. Oh, well, that's a uh, normal conversation to have. Also, get some answers. Like, what? That guy's a what jerk. What is going on? Also, he painted over the mural immediately, just white paint, but you can still kind of like see it through. And cool. now the people of Peoria, because it's become such a big internet story, has started leaving um, like Cookies? flowers, like oh. it's a memorial site for the yeah. mural. Yeah, who cares? It is Why? so weird. It's beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. It's a beautiful mural. This is, this is a good painter. Why wouldn't yeah. you want this? I mean, like, if it's controversial, leave it up. Who cares? Who cares? I bet you the only reason he took it down is he sounds like a, I don't know. Yeah, he, he doesn't like sound a like a real shit. sweetie pot. Exactly. No. Yeah. But now he's all pissed way. off that he's like the bad guy. And it's like, you are a bad guy. Anytime you... Anytime you destroy art, you're a bad guy. I agree. Like, that's the lesson here. You're going to be the bad guy if you fucking destroy art. You paint over. He's like, it's graffiti. It's like, it's not graffiti. It's fucking no, beautiful. No, it's beautiful. Also, the whole idea. Yeah, exactly. Also, graffiti is beautiful. Anyway. But uh, also, here's- just everything in life is negotiable. Like, just say to the muralist, be like, I'm either going to paint this white or let's take i'm what i'm assuming is it's the russian wording is the offending this guy like. yes so just paint giant cookies right. over it and then you know make it'll be a place where every influencer in the area will come take a photo and then suddenly your weird commercial building has millennial traffic like just do it yeah negotiate and that's the weirdest part it's the weirdest part that this guy is so small-minded that he can't yes. like, just see an opportunity when it's there yeah um, but also this is the strangest part. The fact that this guy wanted this painted, paid really good money for it. Yes. The only, yeah. I think the only answer here, Scotty, uh, is that it was a signal to a mole in the CIA. There, there's there a whole no, no other that's answer. That's the only way it can be, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. We just cracked this one wide open. Um, <laughs> they good. knew there was a message, look for Cookie Monster. Uh, and they knew that they'd be driving down that street yes. over Thanksgiving weekend, mm-hmm. and then they got the secret message. I love it. This is great. That guy should put it back up. He's an idiot. Uh, you know, he didn't destroy somebody's property. He made an ugly building beautiful. That's way better. I know. What the fuck? It's, it's, you look at the building. It's a piece of shit. It is just a, it's a cube. It's a cube yep. on, on a drab street. Mm, not Joy interested. was brought to the cube. Gosh, and that guy ruined. God it. forbid, joy. Compte, oh, you're not ever gonna be banana banana. No, sir. Week. No, sir. You are rhubarb of the year. Yeah, screw that guy. We <laughs> Do love. You want to just give us your last headline, and then we'll get out of here. I can give you a headline. Um, Vatican launches investigation after Pope Francis's Instagram account likes a Brazilian butt model. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Uh, pursue the arts, guys. If you feel weird, you don't know what to do, come be a writer, be a painter, make music, dance, be an artist. It's a beautiful way to spend your entire life. Guys, we're excited to see you at Bananas Live. Bananaslive.com. Go get your tickets right now. Scotty, I think this is the last episode of 2020. Yep. Uh, We're ending it just you and I, and then we'll start it off. Next week is going to be just us two. Perfect. Starting it off the right way. We'll have a um, happy have a new great. year. Have a safe one. Yeah. Uh, dumb year behind us. Good years are coming. Let's stay positive, everybody. Bananas. Bananas. 
This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.